Hi, my name's Bree, and I have no idea what I'm doing, but I have a lot of questions. Who are you people? No, really, who are you? That's a great question, Bree. That's like a crazy loaded question. Ooh, that is a great question. It's an interesting question. That's probably a really good question. Ooh, that's an excellent question, Miss Bree. Oh, that's a deep question. It's a good question. <laughs> it's like, what is the meaning of life? Fuck if I know. Any more questions? Oh, yeah, Bree? I have a lot of them. I've never been asked that question before. Does anyone really know? Well, I'm here to find out. I'm Bree, and this is the Bree Search Project. Hi, welcome back to the Research Project. You made it. This is episode two, part two of an interview we started in episode one with Rob Gross, who's the vice president of marketing at BMG in Los Angeles. If you missed part one, I don't know how you got here. Go back, listen to part one. We're going to jump in right where we left off with episode two, part two of my interview with Rob Gross. How do you group music for playlists? Hmm. I feel like this is, it's one of those things that you'd ever think about until you do it. And I feel like it's one of those educational, it yeah. says a lot about a person. <laughs> I make playlists legitimately one way and one way only. And I, oh, I, I you have a definitive answer. I do. I mean, I'm sure I've made other ones. Certainly when I was making mixtapes back in the day, like I didn't do it this way, but I definitely do now. I make mixtapes chronologically. Chronologically. So I won't, it started off of like, me being super OCD, like during the CD era, where the older CDs would have less, it would be a poorer sound quality than a newer CD. So it would sometimes be like lower in the mix. So if you're making a mix CD across those 80 minutes, the early stuff is not as loud as the later stuff. So you don't want to be scared shitless going from track to track. (laughs) So literally it was out of necessity. And then (laughs) <laughs> that all of a sudden, this is just how I operate now. So all my playlists, like I have a playlist on Spotify right now that's like I picked a song from every band I've ever worked, starting from 1999 when I started as an intern with Universal through to like I think the end of my tenure with Interscope last year. So it's a pretty rad playlist. I'll share it with you. But like, I mean, there's like I'm some – literally going to look it up because you've made me a playlist before. And I want to look at that. And then I'm going to also go stalk this one. I guarantee you it has like one follower, but I don't give a shit. I made it for me. <laughs> I don't, yeah, I don't make playlists for other people. I mean, unless they like ask me to. So how do you make playlists? I make playlists. It, it, it honestly depends on, on what I'm doing it for, whether it's like for a person or for an event or for a vibe. Usually it's for a vibe and an emotion rather than an artist or a time, whatever. Like I'll pick, if you go through my Spotify, it's like, Things that I can intrinsically like connect with each other for whatever reason that resonate in an overall vibe. So like I'll do songs for singing, plain vibes. So like I did a plane. I, I traveled a lot last year and I when I went to Saudi Arabia, I was on like 18 hours of planes and I did a plain vibes playlist that it's all it's all hip. It's kind of current. But then there's a bunch of throwbacks. There's every time I hear something with a lyric that like lends itself to to a playlist that's like this would be good on my go fuck yours. I have a go fuck yourself. Oh, playlist, nice. You know, and so like all of those songs. So like if you're in a mood, I put on those songs that I know are going to cater to that mood as to like what I want to hear and not 
deviate from that. I love that. You should also, if you haven't yet, um, everyone should have a funeral playlist, like your own funeral playlist. Oh, that's brilliant. Yeah. It's, um, not always as dark as you think it's going to be. I mean, at least mine, mine, I guess maybe to some people it was, but it was really cool to see like what I want to make people suffer through at my funeral. Oh, uh, I bet you're a sadist. <laughs> um, I actually wasn't. I like, I was, I was pretty, I was pretty, you know, on brand for me it was like, okay, cool. Maybe they don't want to listen to this super weird, like tooth and nail band from 1999, <laughs> but the song is beautiful. So there's that too. That's a good challenge for people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I need to look at my mind's on like a, a burn CD because like I made it so long ago, which should show you how like devoted to whatever bullshit I am for so long that I've been the same literally for so long that I made this back in the mix CD days. But yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a cool challenge. What was the first album you ever like owned or purchased? was Def Leppard Hysteria. I bought that tape like four times because it kept getting stolen. It's like a summer camp thing in 1987 or 88. I bought it so many times and then I bought it again on CD. And then luckily my friend at UME gave me a copy when it finally got reissued on vinyl. Nice. I think I bought enough, you know? (laughs) Too many. Too many. Yeah. It's a great album. First concert, favorite live act? My first concert, um, I guess like... I always say that it's um, – I saw The Obsessed and Prong and White Zombie in 94 at the Edge in Fort Lauderdale um, because I saw Faith No More, Guns N' Roses and Metallica when I was 12. But I didn't – I missed most of Faith No More. It was my favorite band of all time. So that's kind of – but I did see my favorite band first, which like that's mind-blowing unto itself. And then saw Metallica and Guns N' Roses didn't show up until 90 minutes late. So I didn't get to see them because it was a school night. So I always say my first show was actually like two years later. It was the obsessed who are like this amazing stoner doom band prong never showed up. And then white zombie was fucking amazing. So I asked those questions for a reason, because I feel like knowing what I know about you now and, and in the industry and who you work with and the kind of like music that's coming out kind of around us all the time, your taste in music, taste in music. Not to mention the fact that you have like an incredible breadth of like knowledge about music in general and the industry and, you know, a history of all these bands. Your taste in music is unique. (laughs) It is. Yeah, for sure. Well, like I'm doing this thing on Instagram where it's like I I don't want to torture anybody because I've done this before. My buddy Chris challenged me to like 10 records that, you know, defined your taste in music. So it, it's a really unique challenge because, and, I, and I'm, by the way, I'm not challenging anybody. I literally like the buck stopped with me, but um, it's, it's, it's interesting because it's the hardest one I've ever done because it's not your 10 favorite records. It's not your 10 favorite bands. It's not your 10 most listened to albums. It's not like, for example, like Pearl Jam 10 is on there. That is by far not my favorite Pearl Jam record. Like I know most people are going to say that that's their favorite Pearl Jam record. Fine. Be it as it may. It's like maybe number six or seven for me, but that's the one. That's the one that like sucked. That was the first one. Like I was a mother love bone fan as a little kid Mm -hmm. on Pearl Jam when they became Pearl Jam. And it was just, it changed everything for me. So like Pearl Jam's 10 was my never mind. Yeah. And so, you know, so it's been a weird challenge because I have a lot more hip hop on there that I think a lot of people expected out of me, like Ice T's original gangster and Beastie Boys Check Your Head. And it's probably not gonna make the top ten, but definitely top twenty, like Cypress Hill Black Sunday 
and mm-hmm. there's more. It's but like it's those fan bases are so similar. Like hip hop and real hip hop and real metal and hardcore, it's the same fan. It's the same devoted fan. But yeah, fucking weird for sure. <laughs> you said something earlier about the Def Leppard tape, which mm-hmm. I it, it brought me back so specifically to memories that I had of cassette tapes that I like bought and owned and carried around. And then I remember like that was how we had to carry around music, right? Like when I mm-hmm. used to go on family trips, I had like my cassette deck, my Walkman and like, you know, CD player, whatever. And I used to like lug all my music around. I was like, this is what's important to me. <laughs> right. Um, but I remember so specifically those albums. And I think that's more what you're talking about. It's not my favorite music. It's not the stuff that I would put on a playlist or like want to listen to even now. But like, I remember so specifically the albums that, that I heard over and over and over again, you know, that made me a music fan in a different way. Yeah. It's, it's just like, there are certain moments that are defining in your like youth or whatever that like, you're going to remember pinpointed to a specific song, whether or not that's like your favorite song or your favorite song by that band, or even your favorite song on that album. It's just, they hit these, I don't want to call them milestones, but just, I guess, tent poles, I guess is the best way to describe them. Yeah. And you're just never going to forget that. Like I'll never forget the bus rides that I was taking back from that summer camp, which actually ties into this whole top 10 thing really, really succinctly where I'm like so obsessed with this Def Leppard record and the kid next to me on the bus is just blasting. You could hear it through his shitty Walkman headphones. He's blasting Beastie Boys License to Ill. And Mm -hmm. so then my mom, who was super rad, let me buy all those tapes or she bought them for me or like with my allowance. I say she never, she never cared that they were like parent advisor or whatever. It was art. And that probably changed my life more than the Def Leppard tape, but the Def Leppard tape was first, but the beastie boy, like it's just that I will never forget that moment sitting on the bus. He's probably listening to like Paul Revere, I think. And I was like, (laughs) Holy fuck. What is many years later? What is it? I'm like, why is it going backwards, but also forwards? And then like years later, I found out that they were like a hardcore band from New York. But this is crazy. I think it's, it's interesting. Like I, your same experience. Like I remember so specifically picking like five CDs to take on like a, a school trip. And it mm-hmm. was like Green Day, Dookie, which I listened to probably a thousand times as like sure. an angsty teenager. Mm-hmm. Uh, Miseducation of Lauren Hill was in there. Such a good record. Oh, that's a great record. NWA, mm-hmm. uh, the first No Doubt record, which is like at the time was like a weird like girl ska band that no one had heard of. We were like, so, cool, so, you know. Wait, so No Doubt, No Doubt that had like trapped in a box on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah like the it. very first, like they yeah. were like, oh, this girl from California, it's a right. ska band, you know. And then yep. it became at something totally different. Totally. I used to have the Meatloaf cassette, Bad Out of Hell. I used to love that Good, tape. that's really good. Random shit. But like, I, yeah, I think it's the thing that, that makes your taste what it is aren't necessarily what your taste is. It's just like an education of all of those things. Yeah, it's, it's like the weed of whatever that is. Like, there's so, like, nobody started off listening to like Cannibal Corpse. They started listening, <laughs> they literally started listening to Metallica. And that was the right. gate. Metallica is the weed of metal. It's like the gateway. It's like, 
like you listen to Metallica, some people end in Metallica. They're like, fuck, this is, this is like, too I don't, hard. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to do like, you know, acid or whatever. Like that's where you get into like, then you get into Sepultura and Exodus and Testament, Megadeth. And then it goes into like Deicide, Cannibal Corpse, um, Morbid Ain't. Like it's like you could go down that rabbit hole, but it all starts at one band, whether it's your favorite or not, it's the one that got you into where you are. So what got you into to metal? Metallica. Metallica. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, no, it was it was um, it was Metallica and Justice for All, and I remember it specifically because we were on vacation in Vermont, and uh, my mom, my stepdad, we got this like weird lodge cabin thing, and they had MTV, and the one video was playing on loop, like literally every five minutes, and. My parents were busy making my brother three floors down in some weird room, and I was just obsessed with MTV. <laughs> you mean literally? I was like making him do no. art. Oh, never mind. <laughs> he, he was born nine months later, and for like, I think, I think six six years in a row, we I, I would get him like Vermont T-shirts, and he's like, "Why are you? Why do you think I like?" I don't understand. Yeah, and like, and finally, I told him he's like, "Oh, come on, man." <laughs> But yeah, it was definitely Metallica, and the album was Injustice for All. And that is, to this day, while I do like heavier shit, that is still my favorite metal record of all time. So that's the like that's the exception of the rule, for sure. What interests me is like you have a different perspective on the way you listen to music versus what you can appreciate about music. So I'm interested to see like when you hear a track, you're like that fucking snare hit. Yep. We didn't talk about you're coming up in the music in a different way as a performer uh, yeah yeah let's definitely talk about that <laughs> so let's jump into rob the drummer real quick well um no it's even lazier than that i didn't want to carry a bunch of shit around so i became the singer oh yeah you were, you were the singer <laughs> screamer singer whatever yeah i just was in hardcore bands because it was easy and because i didn't have to carry stuff around so like i and then like honestly it's like i'm always going to be a drummer but you know you live in new york you live in you know, wherever you live, even here in LA, like having a drum set isn't exactly the most, like, it's not the easiest thing to own and, and to use. So I started more right. to play. play. So I started teaching myself how to play guitar when I was like, probably, let's say like late middle school, early high school. And that came in handy later on. I am not good, but I can definitely write a song. I can play to what my voice can handle, which is like a decent baritone at best. So music's clearly always been like a thing for you. Like it's been for me, like it was like a part of my language. But what was the first thing that you branched out other than like listening and, and absorbing things? How did you first try to put yourself into that world? I don't know. I think I started to... Like as a performer yeah. or as... Yeah, I guess, what, I guess what? it was my mom wanted me to play flute <laughs> and... I remember Lizzo, she, she was a trendsetter. She was a flautist that I remember that I, I, I came <laughs> home from school after like band selection in sixth grade and she's like, so, and I'm like, I'm a drummer. <laughs> and that was that. Sorry, yeah, mom. That was that. And, um, I tortured my family for years. I mean, tortured them like playing like Xanadu by Rush from start to finish, all <laughs> 11 minutes of it, like playing the same dream theater, like paradiddle thing over. Oh, dream I theater. Mean, oh, I feel like everybody's got to go through a dream theater well, phase. If you're, if, you're, you're taken if you're 16, it doesn't matter like if you're good looking, ugly, whatever. But if you like prog, you're making it really hard on yourself. <laughs> so at least I played drums, but like I played prog on drums. <laughs> 
if two sides forward was that oh back with you, it's like, oh, yeah, but man. then you're like, but I also like Def Leppard, like, it's just not helping. So, um, that that's how that came about. And then I realized real quick that drumming to me was like a personal thing. And I didn't, and I did play on stage a few times with bands, and especially in college, we had a band where we would all switch instruments. And I'd sing one or I'd play drums on one or guitar or whatever, but I really enjoyed Foo Fighters light. Kind, but almost before and then during the early stages of the Foo Fighters. Yeah, kind of. And then I realized really quickly that I preferred to be the front man. And then after a while, I preferred that I wanted to not be on stage at all. <laughs> like I don't, it's still fun. Like if, if somebody asked me to come like, scream a hardcore song on stage or sing like a screaming tree song or something, I would totally jump at the opportunity, but under no circumstances would this ever be my job. I'm just not good enough. <laughs> when did you decide that you're like, <laughs> Oh, you decided that you didn't like performing or you decided that you, you weren't good enough. and didn't Oh no, Brie, I know the exact moment that I decided that I would never, I, no, no, <laughs> I know the exact moment that I decided I, really? would, I would never be a professional musician. <laughs> I feel like a lot of people struggle no, with this no, for a lot of no. years. You have like an exact no, moment. I spent years being mad at bands that were like maybe a year or two older than me. I'm like, fuck these guys, whatever. No, no, no. I have an exact pinpointed moment. It was, Warped nope, door. nope, nope, 2002. And I was at dinner with my buddy Austin Stevens, who's now the head of digital some big position at Warner Brothers. Great dude. At the time, he was like a field rep for Roadrunner. And he showed me a new band called Trivium. And they were like 15 fucking years old. And they could run circles around Megadeth at 15. And I was like, mm. I can barely play power chords. I'm like, that's it. I'm out. <laughs> that's that that was literally it. We had a dinner. It was in Coral Springs at this place called Big Bear that I fucking loved. And I was like, that's it. I'm out. Now, now I'm, I'm a record guy. That's it. <laughs> That's what I'm done. I'm yeah, done. That was it. And I wasn't even, I wasn't even mad at it. I'm like, no, and <laughs> like I can't do that. So I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. I'm fine. I mean, look, it worked <laughs> out for us both, right? Like I enjoy my career. I'm doing I'm doing okay. And Trivium is like one of the pillars of the metal community. So hey, it all worked out for everybody. <laughs> We're yeah. fine. It's yeah. fine. <laughs> When's the last time you sang? Um I think like the second day of quarantine, I wrote like a, a riff that became i started fucking around on garage band again for the first time like in me too um <laughs> uh, so yeah, yeah it, it, it had been a minute though but and like i sing every day but like i mean to actually like creatively write yeah probably about a month ago yeah but i started fucking with garage band too it's because fun. i don't know enough about it and i was like hey, oh my god i could get in for hours totally and and not move no you just just sitting on grass. You have no idea how quick time passes when you're doing that. I also have no idea what I'm doing, so it takes me <laughs> 15 times longer right. than it takes everybody I'm else. Like, wait, no, why, why do these sound like marimbas? I swear to God, those were, those were acoustic <laughs> drums like 30 seconds ago. Why is there an echo? Like, marimba. yeah, it's like. I put the marimba plug in it and I don't know how to turn it off. <laughs> now everything sounds. <laughs> Did I just buy like an extra pack? Like, what is this? What's going yeah. on? <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> yeah, I'm not, I don't understand it. Uh, I don't know what all of those things mean. I feel like a lot of the time it's a different language when they're like the, the reverb and the D noise and this kind of reverb and this kind of room. And, the, and I'm just like, I have, no. I don't know. 
I have no idea what you're talking about. It doesn't matter. And, that, and honestly, like that's like I, I live my professional or unprofessional life by kind of how Dave Grohl is. Like he's like, I don't read or write music. He might now. He didn't like 15 years ago. And he's like, I, I don't read or write music. I just I, I can play by ear. And if it sounds good, then that's what I want to do. So maybe he learned theory over the years, but like the dude wrote the whole album of the color and the shape, which is a fucking masterpiece without knowing how to read or write music. I think we're good. Like I, and I feel that's more commonplace than probably not. He is a misnomer to me because I feel like he's so, so, so talented. And that almost is, is your experience of being like, I'm good. Like I see shit like that. I'm like, the fuck. I'm never, <laughs> I'm never going to be able to play 14 instruments and frontman a band and also like write the way he does in like every style are you reading the things that he's putting out on instagram i he's writing i now? saw the first one i didn't see the follow like I, I i there's two more did you which one was which one did you see the fireworks yes one? the fireworks one fireworks one was good there's one up about prince about him playing with prince for the first time in like an arena and the thing that i love about dave Grohl is that he makes himself sound accessible like he's just like a fangirl and totally chill and he's one of like i and you know this about me i don't i don't fan over a lot of people i could give very few fucks about most of the rest of them <laughs> but, but dave Grohl's one of these people that i'm just like ah, i find you so talented and also really chill i mean i don't i don't no, know he's, but he, I, hi, I've, I've met him a, a couple times and he's super nice we had like a, a like before i got in this huge car wreck about what four or five five years ago we ended up having like this super awesome night of hanging out and i i, I just i literally was like bye dave girl and then got into a total my car and it, it was um yeah. it was amazing and obviously i was sober because i like that's i don't fuck with that but i was like they were not yeah. sober but that's a whole other story but like but like dave was like the nicest the whole band the nicest guys like and it's like how if they can manage to stay grounded through all this like nobody has any other it's like when i was going through marketing with these bands and they're like well no no, no this, this 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 and they're like so particular and it's like you do know that the rolling stones don't give a shit about this right the greats right. don't care about this you right. know long game please let's everybody play the long game <laughs> Yeah, and Dave Grohl had to go through Nirvana, too. So it's not like, you know, he had the Foo Fighters and that's no. his thing. He has two, like, incredible, record-breaking, like, world-influencing projects that he's like, yeah. No, he's fine. literally, like, oh, he's okay. like the modern, he's cool. he's our Phil Collins, basically. Yeah, yeah. He's changed instruments 15 mm -hmm. times, and he's like, I don't know. I read a story not a week ago that was like, Phil Collins didn't know he was a singer, until he was in the studio recording, like tracking vocals for something. And he was like, Oh, no, okay. And that's the recording that we like hear on whatever track it was that they were doing. I was just like, no, the fuck? it's actually <laughs> true. And I, I'll let my prog dork them out right now is that when, when Peter <laughs> Gabriel left Genesis in 76, Phil did the vocals and drums for trick of the tail, which is my favorite Genesis record that year. And it's an unbelievable fucking record. And it's not like, it's not like, um, like a couple years later where they started like getting away from the prog elements no it is a fucking weird record and it's so good but it's like it's less prog almost because phil just he's like all right well i guess that i'll just do the vocals because like someone's got to do it they like search for a singer right. it didn't work and he's like fuck i can do it i've already i was already doing the harmonies with peter gabriel let me just do them and he did them and it's like wait you're really good, dude. And that was it. And that he was the, but I don't think he realized he was the vocalist for like another few albums. Yeah. He was like, I didn't, I never intended on being a singer. I was a drummer. And then they like put me on the spot and I didn't, 
ever tried to no. sing. And I was like, what the fuck kind of talents do we all have within us that we just haven't figured like, can out? You imagine? Yet? Like, <laughs> can what you are, imagine? Are you what are you really good at anything that you're just like, I don't like I started watercoloring four days ago because I thought that it's not I'm not good. It's not <laughs> Oh, I gotta see this. I'm still yeah, looking. Uh-huh. It's not it's actually I'll text you pictures and then you can decide. Start that um, Instagram. <laughs> my watercolor. Watercolor by Brie. Oh my god. I know, but, but that's oh, the thing. It's like I think you realize he's like, oh shit, I'm playing in a, in a stadium. I'm playing in Wembley Stadium to seventy thousand people. I guess I'm the fucking singer. Like that's I think. Yeah, but from that point, it's not like you're starting out playing clubs. Like, right. Oh, hang on. Right. Right. Get on stage. You're gonna sing. I mean, that. shit. Like I. Honestly, like I would, I would know and tell people I was a singer if I was playing at like I don't know one of the tables at the Bur- <laughs> at Burgundy Room. Like I'm playing at the back table, you know, the one near the jukebox that's really sticky. That's a Ouija the board. One by the jukebox. Yeah, the one by the jukebox. <laughs> it's my favorite I'm, table. I, that's I'm, I'm singing. It's my band. Yeah, but yeah, just different, I guess. Whatever, fine. Professional. Yeah, like, professional. We all have our venues. Okay. Yeah. No, we do. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> So do you want to do your three hot takes on songs, albums, old, current? You've gone through a lot of them already. Okay. Yeah. Let I me... mean, I feel like you could do them with literally anything. I could pull bands out of a hat and you'd be like, well, their record in 1986 was mediocre compared to their 1992. And I'm just like, ah. yeah, but I, I, I'm going to go out on a weird one. Cause like I, my hot take is going to be on um, tears for fears on shout that song specifically because I was walking through my completely desolate neighborhood, I think on Sunday, Saturday, maybe. And I've just been going through their catalog and it's such a, the whole record front to back is great, but the record kicks off with shout. And when you listen to music just like that, you go through an entire band's thing all at once. You don't just like shuffle through things. Sometimes, like sometimes if it's like a lengthy catalog, I'll like listen to a record, skip around for a little while. Then I'll come back to a record, but I'll still go in order. It's like, an OC- I don't think it's an OCD thing. I think I just want to hear like the band. I think you're like I was for a long time that like I wanted to hear a whole album. It's it's from me listening to the Beatles all growing yeah, up. Yeah. Like, I, I want to hear your whole thing at once. That's why I'm really excited that um, Spotify specifically does waterfall releases so if you put out a song a single song then like four weeks later you follow with another song and then like three weeks later another song it waterfalls so like it'll build off of what you so instead of having three separate singles you'll have three songs that have now comprised of almost an ep so you're getting Mm -hmm. you're getting used to the songs as you listen to them as you build the album it's a pretty cool process i love i like dork out on that shit but the reason I chose like songs in the big chair, I think that song kicks off the fucking record. And that is such like a motivational song. Lyrically, it's unparalleled. Sonically, it's unparalleled. And the video is just like otherworldly, like ridiculous and amazing for the time. And this is like 1985, 86. But that song has so many layers and is such pop perfection that nobody can touch that. Like, I know Disturbed tried to cover it in 2000. You never heard that version. You've never heard Shout 2000, have you? It's fucking terrible. So I think that that song is just so perfect. That's my hot take, is that, like, I think bands try their entire career to have that song. This song kicked off their second album ever. Where do you go from there? And they made a bunch of other songs that were, like, incredible, and they're still around to this day, like Mad World and Everybody Wants to Rule the World and all that. But, my God. That song is absolute 
it's bliss. It's perfect. But also like I got like sort of emotional walking around my empty city listening to that song because like it, it's very much of the time, even though it it's what is it? 35 years old. So, yeah, my hot take is try to write a song as good as that because you can't, but you should try. so good he reminds me of ducky oh he totally looks like ducky but i mean come on the song's undeniable and like i would never say this is one of my favorite songs one of my favorite records like it's not even that it's just like that just hit me in such a weird way the other day getting super emotional and <laughs> during this pandemic but yeah very repetitive <laughs> but when you write a hook like that you might as well just you know milk it yeah i'm gonna go listen to it again after we're off this so let me ask you a question okay. what is a newer band that you really really like like last three years a newer band aside from the ones that we've already discussed sure that you have yeah graciously <laughs> introduced me to. um I don't know, man, that's rough. And we've talked about this. It's been really hard for me to find good music <laughs> the past few years. I feel like there was a big rush of like hipster, you know, Bonnie Bear, Monsters and Men, like five years ago, that mm-hmm. that whole banjo genre totally came back around. Banjo core. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Which, uh, you know, not not really my thing. Bonnie Bear has, is great, like musician-wise. Um but I don't know. A lot of that spinoff stuff isn't isn't really my favorite. Not to put you I on mean, the spot. <laughs> no, I'm trying to think of like if I can think of a band that I can appreciate their entire catalog. Mm-hmm. Um, I was late to the Billie Eilish train, as I feel like a lot of people were. I also feel like I don't really have a choice because <laughs> she's everywhere. Right. <laughs> but I'm on it now. I think you know that last album was great. Yeah, it's great. Um, I was super, I mean, you know, I was super into the 1975, mm-hmm. but their early stuff, mm-hmm. like years. So I was a big 1975 fan, like 2013. <laughs> that was the stuff that I was working with the Vagrant guys. And it's like, like sex, chocolate, like those, that, those first three EPs yeah. are just incredible. So, well, the first four EPs that made up that yep. first self-titled were, that's one of the albums. If I were going to do my like 10 most influential, that first self-titled that was those four first EPs. I listened to that totally. like crazy. And it, it coincided with the time in my life that I needed that music, you know, like I felt it so hard. And I think that's that band. He does a really good job of juxtapositioning music and lyrics. Well, they're great melodies and great tunes with words that actually resonate, you know, totally, um, he does. I'm not, but that'll work. I think maybe three years was a little, I'm, I'm trying to rack my brain too for myself and I can't figure it out. So let's just go with that because that's, that's, I mean, honestly for like life or music fans last decade, that's pretty solid. Yeah. So yeah, like last three years, I don't know. I don't know if I could come up with somebody that I was like, I'm super into all of their shit. Um, right. but probably the last band that I got really, really into was the 1975. And that was when the EPs, I think it was like, when music for cars was still doing the first four EPs before the self-titled and, and sure. 
I love that record. Um, Super good. It's great. It's, I mean, it's obviously they're still, they're literally still releasing tracks from it. <laughs> they're literally putting tracks on the new record that were that first record. Yeah, like um, 75 tracks or whatever that make oh the new record. God. Well, it, well, now it's grown into something totally different. But I also feel like the 1975 has influenced a lot of the, the new music that's coming out now. I hear other stuff and I'm just like, that sounds like old 1975 records. And sure. I respect, I mean, like I don't, I don't dig their new stuff as much just because it's not kind of my vibe, but I totally respect that they are changing and adapting. And this last release, they've not released a song that sounds the same on that entire project. So, right. you know, well, I can't fault them for that. Well, you just find out like you'll find out real quick which band is your ACDC and which one isn't. And that's fine. Like everyone has their band. Like I love this band propane. That's like this old school, hardcore band from New York. And like every record is a variation on a theme and I know what I'm going to get, but like mm-hmm. that's, that, that's the only band I want that from all the other bands. I want them to be weird and take chances and all of a sudden make a weird pop record. If they don't make pop records, like I want that. So I think that that's, that's the sign. Like everyone needs to have their ACDC and then everything else needs to be like, I guess more fluid for lack of a better term. It's a real shitty term, but you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I'm going through playlists that I've made kind of like recently and a lot of it's like old, old, like R and B. Great. I listen to a lot of Stevie wonder. I listen to, I mean, I'm a singer first. And so I gravitate toward melody and harmony and kind of stuff that I can either sing to or that has that stuff you know mm-hmm. within it so leon bridges i like his new stuff maggie rogers i like mm-hmm. She's great. Uh, They're both great. but i'm also listening to boston and like <laughs> boston's awesome <laughs> i'm just going through this place i'm like well far sides on here i mean oh that's great some canadian hip-hop that's that works <laughs> that that far that first far side record fucking was, amazing great pass me by i mean i got to see them at field trip which was like this amazing almost like central park summer stage but in toronto and it's all toronto and related artists and i got to see them right after i had back surgery a few years ago i definitely flew too premature but like it was you know i was working with feist and Taishi and like broken social scene played and the far side played and i'm like wait i didn't even know they were playing and all of a sudden <laughs> i see them getting on stage and i'm like wait for real? This is insane. So like, yeah, it was awesome. Like that completely caught me completely by surprise. I should have looked at the bill, but it was, still, <laughs> it was pretty, pretty cool. Oh, I know one. I, um, do you know Rex Orange County? I do. Yeah, of course. He was within the last three years for sure. Like, yeah. cause I think 2018, yeah. 2019, his yeah. record sure. came out. So yeah, he's, I like his stuff. He's like, I find him, one. I find him endearing. Very interesting for sure. Yeah. He has, a, he has an interesting voice. I'm sorry. I don't have like a better <laughs> I mean, for, for me, I'm probably like 10 years. I think like the artist that I listen to the most, that's not like from 1991 is probably Father John Misty. Like I, I know it's cliche and people feel fuck with him or whatever, but the guy is an incredible storyteller and an amazing songwriter. Oh, yeah. You know, his first, second and fourth records are ridiculously good. I was going to ask if there was a band that you could never hear from again and not care, what would it be? But I feel like in our case, there's a lot of bands that so we can never hear from like, and look, not care. I feel, I feel it's like trying times to shit talk bands, but I could definitely get away with never hearing or seeing Coldplay again. I know that sounds really cliche, but I'm just not, I've never been a fan. And yeah. I, I honestly, and I know it's sacrilegious, but I really could give two shits about Radiohead. 
I just don't, I get it. It's people that like, well, you just don't understand. No, I completely fucking understand. I love their first three records. I think Pablo Honey, The Benz, and OK Computer are masterpieces. And I think that they're an incredible band. I just don't care for it. And people have tried to sell me on Radiohead and Prince my entire life. I don't fuck with either <laughs> of them. Prince to me is just like, edit my dude, just please edit. And yeah, it, it, a lot. it's just not for me. And like, I respect them to no end, but I could definitely go without ever hearing or seeing them ever again. Yeah. That's, those are, those are good options. I thought you were going to pick like Nickelback, which I was like, well, yeah, obviously. But <laughs> I mean, like, That's not even a band that I would even consider like, <laughs> Like listening it, to in the first place here's the thing right it's like when people like rag on the kardashians or nickelback or whatever it's just low-hanging fruit right right D- dig deep like do something that challenges people like me saying i don't fuck with prince i probably angered like a hundred of my friends right off the bat like whoa well you just haven't heard blah 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 i'm like yeah i don't care like i just don't care i don't have time to listen to this fucking crazy jehovah's witness self-serving <laughs> assless the assless chaps thing is the coolest thing he's probably ever done so I just don't fuck with Prince. I have tried so hard. I just, I, I'm like, what, this is just, you can just listen to Morris Day on the time. It's so much better than Prince. See, but that's the thing is that like, I was just having a conversation recently that the best way to have an argument with someone is to educate yourself on the subject. I specifically was talking about Christianity. And mm. I feel like you and I have similar opinions in that we both grew up in the South and are left with women <laughs> in sure. our I was talking about, you know, the best way to have an argument with someone who has such staunch beliefs is to educate yourself on the subject and then beat them with their own rhetoric. Totally. And I feel like you're talking the same thing. Like Prince fans are just like, but it's Prince. Right. Like, yeah, but. I'm like, yeah, but like he, he played like he played SNL, maybe his last time he played SNL. And I, I just happened to be watching SNL not to come full circle to our conversation tonight. And, um, and he literally played this riff in the middle of the song and everyone's like, Prince is metal, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, he literally just played and poorly what I know he's funky, but like completely ruined the groove of Pantera's I'm broken, stole the riff, stole the breakdown, stole, just threw it in the middle of whatever like terrible song he was playing. And all my metal like friends were like, did you just see that? And I'm like, yeah, that's horrible. It's horrible. It sounded like a, like you were on a carnival cruise ship. You, you, you get to the deck and the shitty band is playing shitty covers of songs that you actually love. I will never, I fucking hate Eric Clapton. And everybody is like, no, you, Derek and the Dominoes are like, you haven't listened to Slow Hand. And I was like, I have. I don't give a shit. He ruined I Shot the Sheriff. He, I, like, he's immensely talented. I just do not fuck with Eric Clapton. Why would I waste my time with that when I can listen to George Harrison, Zeppelin, or Sabbath, or... I, I, I just do not fuck with it. I just don't. And I, I kind of feel the same way. I, I, I like appreciate the who, but after seeing them live last year, I was just kind of like, I love the band. I just don't appreciate Pete Townsend. Yeah. Yeah. I, that's how I feel about Lana Del Rey. Every time I see her, I'm like, yeah, but or I could listen to any number of other Florence of the Machine, maybe, sure. or like, she, or like Amy Winehouse or go deeper like Chelsea Wolfe or like Emma Ruth Rundle that are doing what she's doing, but way better. Yeah. Yeah, there are too many options for totally. me to choose to berate my eardrums. <laughs> yeah, I respect that. With this over and over again. For sure. Uh, well, so I don't have to ask you what a controversial opinion you have is because there's mm-hmm. that. There is that. Okay, what's something you're looking forward to? Hopefully it's a pandemic ending, but other than that. 
it's the pandemic ending. I, I like <laughs> I, I I'm very fortunate where I like I enjoy being at home and my job is just so wonderful and they they've been so good with us adapted we, we all adapted and we were in a very fortunate position but i really can't wait for it to be over because i miss shitty bars and i miss shitty shows and i miss my friends and i miss being able to like you know come home at the end of the night and say like oh my god like i met this fucking guy tonight who thinks he's a promoter and blah 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 like i just miss all the bullshit i i didn't think i did i really miss all the craziness of living in la and see oh, that's surprising to me about you that you miss it so much because we're so like meh. yeah no but i also love being at home i think what it is and i think you'll agree with me is that i miss the I miss the ability to to decide for myself if I want to go or not. Like Ah, yes. So that's that's what I miss. And the sooner that comes to an end, I think even in stages, I think you can go out to a restaurant or just go to a bar and meet a friend and like even if it's a, at a third capacity, which I think that's mm-hmm. the way it's going to go, but I, that I miss. I miss I miss the choice. That's very true. Yeah. What's the first show we're going to go to when we get out of this? Probably something really shitty at Hotel Cafe, <laughs> which I'm stoked for. So let's fucking do it. Nice. Uh, thank you of for course. chatting with me. I'm excited to go to some shitty show with you because it's like one of my favorite things to do. Same. Let's fucking do it. Let's go see like good bands, shitty bands. Um, yeah, I'm really excited to like get back and, you know, just yeah, it's going to be crazy. We haven't people that you see, like I see you pretty regularly at shows, business functions, hangs, whatever. I think it's going to be crazy to like not see people for six, seven months or however long this is going to last. And then walk into a room and see people and see people that you care about that you despise. I think it's going to be a very strange dynamic that I think we'll all get over pretty quick, but I'm stoked for that. So thank you for having me and let me blab on for an hour and 40 minutes. I yeah. loved it. I'll see you tomorrow night at my fake birthday party. (laughs) Happy pre-birthday, and I'll see you tomorrow night. Thanks. Thank you, Bree. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you guys so much for listening to our very long and hopefully very educational and entertaining interview with Rob Gross. I'm very excited for what's to come for the rest of the research project. I hope you guys are too. Please go like, follow, subscribe on all of the podcasting platforms. Check out the website at breecube.com. And now please enjoy Shout by Tears for Fears. Don't sue me.